This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Late enough. All right. Ksiv, it says like this. You know, first of all, I'll tell you the. Ah, we'll go to this one first. Pretty scary. Okay. So he says the following. There's a story, I don't know. People say that you pick your life um, in Shemayim, who your parents are, who your wife's got. You pick everything for your own test, so it's like your own fault. You picked it, you chose it. I've heard that, I've never seen it. People talk about that all the time. Don't complain, you picked it in Shemayim. I don't know. But very close to that, in Perak Ayin Zion, in the Kaba Yosha, he says the following. When a, per, a person who sins, v'shama kol ola. What does that mean? That terem yeredas and neshama leguf before your neshama comes down from the other world into your body. Molichinet and neshama the elef ushmaina alamais. They take your neshama in a, through a thousand and eight worlds. Shetiri yekav achavet shetamidah chachamim. And they show you all the tzaddikim that are learning Torah in the next world, what their reward is. So they show that to you, Neshama, before you come here. And all these rabbis that are in all these worlds, right? All these Yeshiva Shemayos. So they were, did things with Shem Shemayim. They had Anova, they were modest. And they're sitting with honor. And their faces are lit up. Like sunrise, and on their head, above them, chupos is a chuppah. Okay, like you see a chuppah when you go to uh, when you go to a wedding, right? And ma'avanim tayvitz ma'ay. The chuppah is made out of jewels. Every guy in this room, all of us, whoever's watching this, whoever's listening to this, man or woman, they say to every soul, Look at the honor that the tzaddikim are having in Gan Eden. You're going to act like these tzaddikim. You're also going to get this reward. They take your soul. Guys, everyone in this room. They took your soul before it came here. Before it came to, to your body. And they brought it before God. And they dressed in the neshama in your body that you're going to have in this world. And the neshama gets hana from the shekhinah. They say to him, we're giving you all this kavai, going to the shekhinah in front of Hashem. Because you're going to be a tzaddik, Chaim. Yeah? That's what they tell you to Shema before you got here. But to your years of Shema Panecha, there should be the fear of Shema in your face. Umash bian oisai. And they make your soul swear, every one of us. Bishmad demagik kadisha. In the name of God, we swore. Deloy sechata. That we would not sin. Umashrim by kamamas royce. And the malach and the angels give you a lot of different warnings. And the soul bows down in front of God. And they put the neshama into the body in your mother's womb. 
If he comes back at Tzadik, he kept his promise. But if a person doesn't listen to the will of Hashem, like it says, in my Yikra, a soul that sins, bit me up. The Torah is saying, didn't you hear what you swore to Hashem? Like, what's wrong with you? Didn't you hear what you swore before you came down to this world? Okay. He says here in the Kavanaki, first of all, why did they take him to a thousand and eight worlds? Why that number? This is the Gematria of Mishnah Torah. The Gematria of Mishnah Torah is a thousand eight. And he says that when it says that he takes the neshama to the body, that the Zayar says, When it's time for this neshama to come down to the world, Before you come down to the world, your neshama spends 30 days in the Ganadin, on, on uh, the lower Ganadin. Then they make you swear. Okay, so it's a Gansamaisa, you're coming into this world. So we all made the Shvua. So again, maybe that's where that story comes from, that you chose your whatever it is. Okay. Now. On the Rathal became, so the Kabayosha says, even though you may not be doing what you promised you're going to do, don't give up from your Oilam Haba. Rak the game. Fix what you did wrong. You can only you can fix the ones that you know and that you saw and that you did. How do you fix it? Why am I telling you this Kabayasha Ayin Zion tonight? Because you need to do tshuva and Elul is tshuva. You have to admit what you did wrong and you have to do tshuva. Okay. He says, but God has pity. He has in Shemayim all these angels and messengers that you don't hear it in your ears but your neshama hears that they scream in a baskol every single day Wake up! Children of the world to get up in front of the king have pity on yourself have pity on your children. Sometimes you just get this feeling in your heart like, oh wow, I want to change. I'm really scared. I'm scared I did something wrong, right? Normally you don't have that feeling, but every once in a while you get that feeling. Where does that come from? It comes from these announcements in, in Shemayim. You get this desire to do, to do, but people who are stubborn, they take They have a second of charot. That's my famous red light story, right? The red light stops you. You think you want to change, but then it turns green, and that's it. It's gone. We all have red lights. Rebbe said something. I heard a terrible tragedy. Something that turns you on for a moment, but then it disappears. We talked about that. If it's Chachma, it doesn't last. But if you do it, if it's Misa, it lasts. 
He says, but there's also some bad malachim. Kamachosh malachis chabolos. There's internet, there's movies, there's pictures of women, there's all kinds of things that want to make sure that you don't keep your promise. They push him to go in the wrong way. And they bring him a lot of Midas Royce. He becomes stubborn. He makes fun of rabbis. He's always angry. She doesn't care about other people's feelings. And they bring this person to leave this world in a bad way. All of a sudden, he all of a sudden gets this terrible disease. Everyone is looking at him saying, Oh my God, he was at the top. He lost everything. He lost his money, he lost his family. He's not well. What happened? Because he did the Maisim Ram and these Mashchisim that he created and the boys of Era creates a lot of Mashchisim and a lot of these terrible angels, they come back and and they heard him. Listen to this story. He brings down from the Rizal, a safer Shapsi Rizal, the Rizal had a, a big Talmud. What was his name? We all know. Rav Chaim Vital. He had a student of Chaim Vital. He was once in the base measure of the Rizal. He revealed the front of Isha Achas. They brought a woman in. She had a terrible disease. Something happened to her and they couldn't figure out what happened to her. This is, by the way, the first time the Kaviyosh talks about a Dibuk. So some people say they don't believe in Dibukim. Kaviyosh actually talks about in the times of Rav Chaim Vitalo about a real Dibuk, right? So he said when they met her, she was, you know, the Dibuk, the eyes go one way, it's like they froth at the mouth, it's like there's words coming out of the mouth without the lips moving. So they didn't know because she was so sick and there was so much stuff going on, they didn't know does she have a, a spirit in her? Or a shade? Or maybe a shade took over her? Or something else? So the woman said to the Arizal, I was healthy, I was perfect, I was strong, I was healthy. I had no pain. But sometimes, Sometimes I just turn into this person that looks like I'm really sick. Rizal looked at what's the daifek? I think her the side of her. That she was she talked had a dibuk. So this is Kaliyosha talking about a story. You don't hear very often a really a story about a dibuk in his time, Rav Chaim Vital. So he looked at her profile, and he saw from her profile that she had a different soul in her. She had a dibuk. So he told her to go home. Listen to me. The Rizal said, "I know there's a ruach in her. There's a spirit in her. You outwit him." He who shakman v'kazin gadol. He's a big liar. They asked him his name, and he lied three times. This is a story in the Kabbalah Yosher about a dibuk. And the Rizal didn't want to deal with this this ruach, this this dibuk. 
So he told Rav Chaim Vital, you go and I'll give you the words to get him out of her body. Cool stuff. And Rav Chaim Vital went at dusk when the sun was setting to the house where the Dibbuk was. And before Rav Chaim walked in, the Dibbuk said, to the people that were standing in the room, Tiru, you'll see, that Rav, I know that Rav Chaim Vital is here to take me out of this woman. You hear this chutzpah of this Dibbuk? But I am not scared Rav Chaim Vital. He, he, he didn't he wanted Rav Chaim to hear it. He screamed it with chutzpah but these are how, these are how spirits, the bukim speak. This is all before he walked in. But when Rav Chaim walked into the room, and the spirit, the Dibbuk, saw the face of the holy Rav Chaim Vital, he began to shake. Become the fun of. So again, he's, he's in the body of this woman, and he bowed down in front of the woman, bowed down in front of Rav Chaim. Rabbi, I have no right to look at your face, your holy face. So Rav Chaim Vital asked the Dibbuk, who are you? The Heshiv, Tony Ben Ploni. I'm this man, the son of this man. Well, you Shekebifiv. A liar! He made it up! Now, I remember when I first started learning about all this stuff. <laughs> How could it lie? It's an Ashama. It's an Ashama that's talking. It's a Dibbuk, right? So how could it lie? And the answer is that what you are in this world, that is what you are in the next world. So if you're a Ghanif in this world, you can't change that. It becomes part of who you are. Very famous story with this big tzaddik who came to a tavern and he had money and he, want, he hid it because he didn't want the guy to find it. And then Matzah Shabbos, he came to his bags and, the, and it, was, it was gone. It was stolen. And it was all his money. It was tzedakah money he was taken to Eretz Yisrael from like a lot of tzedakah money that was gathered and he was going crazy. And that night he had a dream. And in his dream, Eliyahu Navi told him that the, that the, the, the owner of the inn he hid his money, took his, stole his money and hid it by his father's grave until he leaves and then he's going to dig it up and take it back out by the guy's father's grave. So he went and he went to the grave and Taket was there. He took back his money and he went, he went to the, to the owner. He said, by the way, I know that you stole from me. I just want to know, like, why would you bury it by your father's grave? So he said, the owner said, and how'd you know I had the money? So the owner of the inn, the guy, said, I had a dream. My father from the next world told me that you had the money. Your father from the next world told you I have the money? What was your father when he was in this world? He said he was a ganaf. He was a highway robber. So he says, he can't change. So he actually came to his son in a dream from the other world. He's in the other world. He sees Hashem. He sees Gehenna. He's in Gehenna. 
Can't help it. What you are in this world is what you are in the next world. So, over here, this guy was a liar. So even though he's scared of, 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 of Rav Chaim Vital, he has to lie to Rav Chaim Vital. He has no choice. Okay, so here we go. Akak Shalom Rav Chaim said, okay, okay, I know you're lying. Tell me, tell me what's your name. Meshikar, he lied again. Mechikesh, Oit Pam Shlishi, a third time. Padravi, and the fourth time, Hitchel, he told his real name. Rav Chaim started to say all kinds of names, holy names. The Ruch started to say very bad things. I'm leaving right now. The Ruach wanted to leave through the woman's um, neck, through her, through the Veshet of the food pipe. And he wanted to kill the woman on the way out, like he do shechita, the two simon, the air pipe, and the food pipe. So this dibuk wanted to kill the woman on the way out. And he also wanted to, to put out all the lights in the room, all the nails, all the candles, and hurt all the people that were there. He, understood, he knew what this guy was thinking. I want you to go out of the woman through her small finger. She'll regal her small of her toe, her pinky toe. And the Ruach said, okay, I'll do that. He knew he was lying again. He's not, he's gonna go through the, he's gonna kill the woman. He wanted to kill this woman. So Rav Chaim Vital put a, 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 Chayrim on this dibuk, he can't leave. Because he knew that he's going to leave, he's going to kill the lady. So what did he do? He showed that he realized if he's going to say all these holy words, this, this, this dibuk is going to leave, he's going to kill the woman. He left. He said, you're staying there. I'm, he put him in Chayrim, I'm not, I'm not taking you out. So he told his Rebbe, the Maisha, we got a problem here. This guy, if I get, if I take him out of her, she, he's going to kill her on the way out. You made a mistake, Rav Chaim. You went at night to mess with this Ruach. I told you to go while it was day, but you ended up being there by night. Because at night, they run the world. The, the, the chitzainim, the outsiders, and the ruchas, megam waisipam. says, mind going with ruchalayla. At night, you don't fight them. You can't fight them at night. Don't. And that's why you couldn't win. go for peace. He walked them out a little bit. He never walked the other tamidim out. He went during the day. And, it went out through the little toe of the woman. They saw the Ruach leave. It was like a string of fire. And he was crying about all his deeds. So, why am I telling you this story? Because the story is not over. Chaim Vital wanted to know why this poor soul was lost, couldn't go to heaven, and was traveling around until he went into this woman 
What did you do wrong? Why did this happen? Right? What did you do wrong? That he was a miser. He used to rat on Jews. Okay, so I know why you didn't get into the next world. But who gave you permission to go into this woman? Like, how did you get into the... Uh, 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 a Ruach just can't get into a person. Or we'd all be in trouble. She so said to the Ruach, how did you get into this woman? Listen to this. That the angels that were chasing him gave him permission. He was laying, his soul was stuck on the earth, in the dirt that was on top of the Kira, which is a an oven. He was not allowed, that was his punishment, and he was stuck there, and he wasn't allowed to go into anybody. This woman came. She came to cook things for Shabbos. She was singing songs with bad language in it. And therefore, because she opened her mouth and sang these bad songs, he had Rishus to go to her. He said, I was in here for three years in a row. So the Kabbalah says, That a person has to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Imagine because of this oven, right? Because of this oven, what happened over here? Since a person who does a real avera, do you understand that 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 the, what what effect that it has on a person? And therefore, he says that a person has to do tshuva, and really, tshuva is a is a crazy present because in the world that we live in, time, right? There's past, and there's present, and there's future, and you can never go from pu- from future. The present, and you can't unless you have that car back to the future. You can't go from future to present, and you definitely can't go from future to past. So, how does tshuva work? So the Rambam says, "How you do tshuva? You ate something three years ago, and now you want to wipe that off, but you're, you're way past three years ago." So it says that tshuva. The Rambam says tshuva was created before the world was created. Why? Why? Because in the world is time. So you can't do tshuva in a world of time. How can I do... I did something wrong two years ago. How can I do tshuva for it now? I can't erase what I did. I did it. Done. Right? But if it's in a world of no time where past, present, and future is one moment, then then it's one moment. You could do tshuva in one moment. Right? So the gift, it's such a sick gift. And it's only Jews. Only Jews can do tshuva. It's just a sick gift because you, you can erase the board. You can, like, etch a sketch, you know? You can erase the board. You can... You can get rid of the evidence. There's evidence. It's an evidence room. And you can go in there, take the evidence, and throw it into the ocean, never to be seen again. And we don't take it seriously. We do have various, we do have various. We don't take, we don't take, yeah, yeah, we don't take it seriously. We don't go back in our mind to that time. You know, I, it was just a few years ago, I, I always talk about this. I was a little kid, I ate Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks, then we're not kosher. Not they weren't kosher, but they weren't kosher because we didn't know they were kosher. Now they're kosher, so I don't know if they changed anything. And I went into a store, and I wanted that prize. It was a prize in the Cracker Jacks. 
And I remember I said, I'm just going to open the box and I'm going to, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to open the box. I'm just going to take the prize out. Just what the prize. Of course, once I opened the box, I had the caramel popcorn and the peanuts. I ended up eating the whole thing. Now, I thought it wasn't kosher, right? I really thought it wasn't kosher. So now I'm sitting in Yom Kippur and Eretz Yisrael a few years ago. And for some reason, that crazy thing, I remembered. So I said to Hashem, if I would have known then, what I know now about you, I, you, I, wouldn't, I have plenty of food. I didn't have to eat the Cracker Jacks, right? So I really did tshuva because I admitted what I did wrong and I felt bad what I did wrong and I would never do it again. Oh, so, so I did a real tshuva. So what's going to happen? So in Shemayim, when they're going through my tape, so they're going to come to that day when I was 14 years old and I went into that store in Muncie, right? And the HR was going to be sitting there. He's the, he's the prosecutor. He's going to be all excited because he got Wallerstein, right? We got Wallerstein when he was 14. Watch this. And everybody's in the room watching. And he's like, ah! Ah! We got Wallerstein. And Wallerstein's going to walk into the store. And the HR's going to be, oh, watch this, man. Cracker Jacks, Cracker Jacks, Cracker Jacks. And Wallerstein's going to walk into the store. He's going to walk right past the Cracker Jacks. Go to the Reisman case. There weren't Reisman cases in those days, but something kosher. Take it out. And then an alamechia, and the satan's going to be screaming, fake lies, the film, it's been doctored. How did Wallerstein get to the film? I don't believe this. Cracker Jacks, I was there. I was the guy who was whispering in his ear telling him, eat the Cracker Jacks, it's not going to make a difference. So you can't tell me, he never made a bracha, he never ate an entomins. This whole thing is not true. But if you do tshuva me'ahava, if you do tshuva because you love Hashem, so it says not only do they erase it, so okay, erase it would be we're watching the movie, Whilst he walks into the store, and all of a sudden it's blank. And then you see me walking out of the store. So that's Chuba Miyira, because I was scared of Hashem. I did Chuba, so they erase it. So everybody's sitting there is like, he did something wrong. We don't know what he did, but for some reason, he walked into the store, and there's two minutes of the tape that's blank. So we know he did something wrong, but he, he, he did Chuba. We're never going to find out what he did wrong. But here, I'm eating Entenmann's, I'm eating whatever, Reisman's cakes. Which is totally not true. So erasing something is, is not a, a non-truth. Because there's something wrong, and in Shemayim they erase it, so that they, is it not true? They erased it. But if you, if I ate Cracker Jacks, and now I'm eating, making a bracha and eating Reisman's cakes, that's not true. So the question is, how can Shemayim be not, be, be Sheker? It's a horror's right. That man did not make a bracha and eat Reisman's cakes. He, Cracker Jacks. So the godless of tshuva is that you can travel back to the time. This is how it works. This is the breakdown. The first thing you need to do is what? Vidoy. What's vidoy? Admitting that you did something wrong. Why? Why do you have to do? Hashem knows, Hashem knows what I did wrong. I have to get up and say that I when I was 12, when I was fourteen. Eight, he knows. That sets you when you say vidoy. That puts you back to when you did the Avera. So when I say, when I say Vidoy, I remember when I was 14, I ate Cracker Jacks, that put me back to the store. The Vidoy, admitting what I did, brings me back to the sin. So now we're at the store, we're back on the tape. Now, because I said to Hashem, I feel bad, and I love you, and I would never have done it, so I'm back in the store, and I'm saying, I would never have done it, it's like saying I'm not gonna do it. Now because I did it out of Ava, they're taking that, what I did, and they're turning it into a, from an Avera into a mitzvah. So, the vidoy, the charata, the kabbalah, right? So that takes me back to that time 
And the truth is, because I did tshuva in that time, I talked, didn't do it. I wouldn't have done it. I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I didn't do it. And if I would have been hungry, I would have made a bracha and I would have eaten it. So it changes the mice of the whole thing. Now, you have this crazy power. You could have done like the worst Avera. I'm not talking about eating Cracker Jack. I'm talking about a big one, right? A big Avera, and you're going to really be in big trouble. And the HR was like, you got the whole crowd watching, like everyone's cheering. Here it comes, right? This guy did something really nasty, right? And everyone's like, whoa, let's check this out. And all of a sudden, you, you end up doing a mitzvah, right? You have the kayak to go back to whatever that was. And Hashem says, I love you. I'm cheating. I'm helping you cheat. I'm, I'm giving you a time capsule to go back in time, which you can't do in the real world, and to go back in time, erase what's on the board, and write something else. So if you don't do that, the Avera is double the Avera. Why? Because I did something wrong. Now I have a chance to make it right. But I don't care enough to make it right. So now really, I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm doing with the thing I did wrong is I'm saying, I'm okay with what I did. Because if you weren't okay, you'd erase it. So if you don't erase it, it's not only that you didn't do true, you still have the Avera, but you're making the Avera into real Avera. Because I'm giving you a chance to say you're sorry. Give you a chance to put it back. Let's say, for instance, right? Let's say, for instance, the Coke. It's not a donut, but my Coke, right? We all go out. I'm like, guys, we're going to go back to the other room. This room's too big. I don't like the way it's set up. We're going to give the shit in the other room. I come back, and the Coke is gone. One of you guys stole my Coke, right? And, like, I'm really upset. And I'm like, listen, guys, I don't care who stole it. You were thirsty. I don't care. Listen to me. You can make it up. Otherwise, I'm going to find out who did it, and you're not coming back to my share. But you can make it up. I'm going to come back in 15 minutes. Just make sure there's another Diet Coke on my, on my, on my desk. Now, if I find that Chazan is using Chaim, if I find out that Chaim took the Coke, and I gave him a chance in 15 minutes, I gave him 15 minutes, half an hour, just put it back, put it back, we'll buy another one, I don't care what you do, right? And I won't even ask any questions. And I find out that Chaim stole the Coke, and didn't care enough 15 minutes later to bring me back another Coke, which means that when he stole the Coke, it wasn't thirsty, it was vicious. It wasn't like, oh, Rebbe, I'm sorry. You're not sorry. If you were sorry, you would have bought me another Coke. So by him not replacing the Coke, he's telling me that the first time he took the Coke was much worse than I thought it was. I thought he was thirsty. So I gave him a chance to make it up. Now he's not making it up. He's saying, no, in your face, Rabbi. I'm not interested in making it up. I don't care. Wow. So much more in Avera. So when you don't do tshuva on Avera because you were given this chance, it's like you're spitting in God's face. It's like, you gave me the eraser? No, I want to leave it on the board. I hate the Rebbe's on the board. You get, you, you leave the, the Rebbe leaves the room and says, I don't want to know. Just when I come back, I just want the board erased. And I'm good. I'm back. I love you guys, right? And we leave it on the board. And he comes back and we leave it on the board. That means when we ran on the board, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't to be funny. Because you would have erased it. It was, we hate the Rebbe. When you do an Avera and you don't do Tshuva, it makes the Avera much worse. So when you come Rosh Hashanah and you don't do Tshuva, you're telling Hashem that all those Averas they did a whole year, I really meant them. And I'm not interested in cleaning them up. Oh. So in a way... Having with to do tshuva and not doing tshuva, 
is worse than if we wouldn't be able to do tshuva in the first place. Because here I'm giving you a chance to make up. You don't make up, you go a whole Elul. You don't change anything yet. They blow the shofar, you say Ladavid. You're upset, they say Ladavid. It's another 10 minutes. Bothers you, whatever it is. Right? And Hashem's like, I told you to do with the coffin, right? With the Russian, with the Russian thing, with the coffin. So there was a, a very famous story. There was a border, there was a border, there was a city that was, I don't know, either in, not in, 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 in Czechoslovakia or wherever it was. And they, there was a basic forest in that city, Jewish people and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a um, What's it called? A basic forest. So, um, a cemetery. And then the Russians came, and they annexed that town, that town, and what happened was, half the town was in Russia, and half the town was in Czechoslovakia. Now, the problem was, that the basic forest, the cemetery, ended up being in Russia. But all the Jews lived in their ghetto in Czechoslovakia. So, they had nowhere to bury their people. Because the Russian had a, they had a border, you had to have a pass, you had to have a passport, you have the whole thing. And they, the Russians weren't letting anybody into Russia. So the Jews were in big trouble. They had a town, they had nowhere to bury their people. And when they wanted to be, go to the Beitak Forest to be, you know, on the day of the yard site, they couldn't go because the Russians didn't let anyone in. So they begged and they sent rabbis and they met the governor of that town that was split, whatever it is. And the governor said, you know what? We're not as bad as you think. For funerals? will allow the Jews to bring their coffins to the Jewish cemetery. Because they knew that it was part of the town before they split it up. Okay? The Jews are like, uh-huh. So we can get into Russia now. So let's do some smuggling. So they went ahead. And they took a coffin. And they filled it up with electronics. Hello? Somebody's talking to me. Okay. And they, 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 they filled it up with electronics. And I think we might have lost the... Uh, they filled up with electronics, and they come across the border, and the governor happened to have been there, and he's like, I want to see what's in that coffin. And the Jews are like, no, you're not allowed to cover that mace, you're not allowed to open a coffin, uh, see a dead body, we, we don't do that kind of stuff, whatever it is. And he said, you're not going anywhere. And he told the police, you put him in handcuffs, we're opening the coffin. Of course, they opened up the coffin, and it's full of electronics. So they call him to the Russian court, and they sentence them. What do smugglers get? Death. They sentence these four guys who were carrying the coffin to death. And these guys start crying, and they're in front of the governor, they're like, you, you can't do this to us, we have families. Okay, we made a mistake, the Russians said. Our, our rule is, if you smuggle, punishment is death. You four are going to hang. And they're begging and they're crying. You don't understand, I have little children, I have ten children. They're begging and they're crying. And all of a sudden, the governor looks at them says you're crying at the wrong time if you would have been crying when you were carrying the coffin I would have thought that it's really a, what's it, a funeral but you guys when you were carrying the coffin were talking and laughing that's why I asked you to open the coffin so if you would have cried when you were supposed to you wouldn't have to cry now you're crying at the wrong time it's too late so now you marshal who says the time of crying is Elo Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. You cry when you're supposed to, then the rest of the year you wouldn't need to cry. But because you're not crying when you're supposed to, yeah, you're smuggling. You're smuggling life. You want to, you want to live, but you don't want to, you don't want to do what you're supposed to do. So, so tshuva is an, an amazing thing that we have. But on the other hand, we have such a responsibility if we don't do it. Because like I said, 
if I give you a right, if I give you a chance to bring me back to soda and everything is forgiven, not only that, I make a bracha and I thank the guy who brought me the soda and everything is forgiven and you don't bring it back, that means that when you took it, you're lahachis and you don't feel bad about it. So when we don't do tshuva on Averis that we did, we're telling Hashem, I don't care. Don't bother me. I don't feel bad about it. It would be better that we didn't have the possibility to do tshuva. Because then Hashem, maybe I do feel bad about it, I just can't do tshuva. But because He gave us this crazy present, if we don't use it, chas v'shalom, it's a very big punishment for it. It has a huge kayach. And this is a present that we have in the, in the month of Elul, Shoshana Yom Kippur, and we have to use it. We have to use it. All right. Now, he brings down, I think there are 20, there are 24 things that will hold you back from doing tshuva. You want to do tshuva, but these 24 things will hold you back from doing tshuva. It's in Parak Mem Gimel, he says the following. Some interesting things. There are 24 things that are going to stop a person from doing tshuva. One, person who speaks derogatory of other people, he's never going to do tshuva. First of all, it's a very, very hard tshuva to do. Because if I hurt you, first of all, I speak Lashon Hara about you. So then i got to go tell you to get mechila. Like, by the way, I need mechila. And you're like, for what? And you're like, well, I spoke Lashon Hara about you. The guy, the guy will hurt you forever. And Lashon Hara also spreads. I told you, right? You told him, and he told him, and he told him. Now i got to ask mechila from everybody. So it's, it's almost impossible if you speak Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is, and it, it go, you can talk about someone in Israel. It, it has no feet. It has no... It has no, it's infinite, it has no level. You, you, mamish, this, this, I mean, people really hurt people. It's, it's crazy. So that was, you, you're gonna say like, I can't do tshuva on this anyway, so why am I gonna start doing tshuva? You ask this guy and that guy and this guy, a whole, a whole year I talk Lashonar about everybody. I don't even remember what I talk about anymore. Right? So it's very hard. Regez, a person who has a fast temper, doesn't do tshuva. Baal Machshavah's Royce, a third, a person who thinks evil thoughts, doesn't do tshuva. Hamashchavah Russia. You're chilling with a bad guy, the bad guy's not going to let you do tshuva. Why? Because if you do tshuva, then it's going to make him do tshuva. So he'll do whatever he can to make sure you don't do tshuva, because he doesn't want to do tshuva. Haragel, listen to this, is fascinating. I don't understand the connection here. But haragel b'su'udish e'enam asbekes l'valel. A person who goes to other people's houses who don't have enough money or food to eat, and they eat their food. I told my, my daughters when they were in seminary, to be very careful because Yerushalmi's invite you to their house. They have a little pizza bread with some tchina and some salad. And they want the American kids by them. And they give it to the American kids and then they have no food left. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to eat their food. My father, Shalom, used to have when we had surprise guests, he would say FHB. Family hold back. In other words, someone came, we weren't ready, so we had to all like eat a little bit less. So, if you know these people don't have food, and even though they're inviting you, you have to get, you have to worm your way out of that invitation. You're not allowed to eat their food. Maybe you can't do tshuva. It holds you back from tshuva because how are you going to do tshuva for them? They didn't eat that Shabbos. How are you going to give that back? You can't give that Shabbos back. Sure, you can give them food for the next Shabbos, but you can't give them back that Shabbos. So how are you going to do tshuva? Maybe that's the reason. Maybe that's why it's saying. What? Yeah, but, the, but now they can't even eat that because you took their food. 
to eat pita with tchina and salad. You're right. They don't have chicken. They don't have fish. But if you're going to be there, then you can eat that. And they're never going to. You know how they they, they want to do chesed. They want the Americans to you know to get to eat. Be very careful, huh? You you have to right. Don't put them in that position. You don't put them in that position. Right, and if you know if you know they're very poor, bring your own food, or buy them food, mm-hmm. buy for the family. Don't don't insult them. Say, "Ooh, look what I bought for you for Shabbos." You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to eat someone if they don't have food. You're not allowed to, even though they want to do it. It makes them feel good. You're still not allowed to. You go there once, and you see what's going on, and you 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 see what's going on, and there's two eggs, and you eat them both, and like hello, yeah. Another one that holds you back from doing tshuva. Person who looks, gazing at forbidden women. A person who divides money with the, with the thief. That means the guy who buys. You know, on, you, you drive on the West Side Highway in the old days. So they used to have guys selling knife sets. Knife sets, really expensive knife sets for $2. Stolen goods. I saw the other day a truck. I don't know what they were doing. I'm not going to say where he was. There were people running up to the truck. The guy was selling off the truck fruits and vegetables. He must have been selling them cheap. There were like a hundred cars parked there. He for sure stole them. Right? So so if you buy, you're giving the gun of... Now, I remember I told my friends, they have, they have an iPhone, right? For 20 bucks. Hello? Right? So my friends are like, not my problem. He stole it. So I'm like, yeah, but if you buy it, then he's going to steal another one. Yeah, but he's gonna, if I don't buy it, someone else is going to buy it. You heard that excuse, right? That doesn't give you a right to steal. If I don't buy it, you're going to sell it to someone else. So I might as well buy it. I might as well get the good deal. No. You're not allowed to associate it with the Ghana. A person who says, I'll sin, I'll do tshuva after that. I'll sin, but Yom Kippur's coming, I'll be fine. A person who embarrasses, who says bad things about the Midrach A person who curses in public. Hamonea Rabbim or Yachalas is mitzvah, a person who holds back his friend or another person from doing a mitzvah. Matas Chavero, Vidvar Mitzvah, Vidvar person who takes his friend from going to Yeshiva and takes him to the movies. Hamashtatais, Bavaitel Shalani. If you use the poor man's deposit, somebody gives you a deposit, you're not allowed to use it. You're allowed to hold it, but you're not allowed to use it. Hamakabu Shaykhan, person who accepts bribery. Zero. person who finds something that's lost and says, Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It's totally connected to Taira. You have to give it back. It's a crazy story. I heard this about, I don't know, about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less. The crazy story about this guy, it was in the Vey. I believe my, my, one of my Talmudim told me. I think the story happened in the Vey in Eretz Yisrael. So this guy who was just vegetating. He didn't go to class. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't go nothing. One of his friends finally pushed him. He said, go to, go to one Gemara class. Go to one Gemara class. Just maybe you'll like it. Ah. Okay, if you go with me, I'll go with you. So they went to a Aschalos Gemara class, whatever it was. What were they learning? Eli Matthias. They were learning Eli Matthias Shalai. They were learning in the Mishnah, if you find something that has a simon, has a sign on it, uh, right? A name, a crack, something different. So you have to announce it, right? You have to announce it. You find something, you find a wallet and have to, you have to, you have to give it back. This kid, 
He was very like anti-Jew. You know, he was anti the whole system. So he, he says, I'm getting out. And he walked out of the chair. Walked out of the chair. So his friend said to him, why'd you walk out of the chair? He says, come on, this is stupid. This whole thing is stupid. It's more stupid. If you find someone's wallet, you're going to give it back to him? Come on. You're going to give it back to him. You're going to keep it. You find a camera, you're going to give it back to him? It's stupid. These, these laws don't work. It doesn't work. It's in theory. It doesn't work. People don't return things. So really? Okay. So his friend says, let's go down to Mincha in, um, what's that, Shtiblach? Um, in Zichra Maisha. He says, let's go down in Zichra Maisha. Mincha, I'll show you that you're wrong. Okay? So they go to Zichra Maisha, and on the wall, found pen, found watch, found glasses, found this, called this, found handkerchief, found ring, found it. All these different fa- He says, you see? He says, Jewish people, we, here, all these numbers. All you have to do is give a simon, they'll give you, they'll give you where, the guy, the kid was amazed. He says, okay. It's very nice, religious people, it's very nice, so I'm not interested. Okay. End of story, leaves the vague. Goodbye, have a good day. No, didn't turn the, didn't turn, where does he go? To India. It's a true story. Goes to India, Judaism is not for him. Goes to India, he comes to India, he's a very handsome, very smart guy, and he joins a cult, one of these Indian cults, and the guru becomes very close to the guru. And the guru is like holier than holy. And, you know, he, he, he believed in whatever the guru said. He totally left Yiddishkeit. He was into the, to the yoga, the whole maestra, the whole Hinduism, the whole thing. One day, he's walking in the marketplace in India, with, in New Delhi, wherever it was in India, with the guru. He was his Talmud Muvak. His Talmud Muvak. He was Jewish. He, he he was very spiritual, but he didn't like uh, he didn't like Judaism. Anyway, he's working with this this guru, and they come across on the floor a bundle of money, Indian money, in a, in a in a in a like wrapped in a with a wrapper and a string, whatever it is. And the guru picks it up, and the boy says to the guru, "What are you going to do with it?" So wait a minute, I'm going to do with it. In in heaven, they just sent me this present. This is for me. He says, but, but somebody lost it. It could be someone's livelihood. It, 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 it has something scribbled on it. It looks like a name and a number. Why don't we just call them up? It could be their life. He says, no. If it's on the floor, the, the God sent it for me. He says, I, but, but you're the guru and you talk about morals and you talk about all this. It could be this man's livelihood in India. It could be, he'll start, they'll kill him. Who knows? You got to call him. You don't understand. It's on the floor. God sent it to me. (laughs) So he said to the guru, your whole thing is false. I can't believe, it's a famous story. He spoke about this. This guy became very from, I think he's a Rebbe in Eretz today. He said, I believed in you. I believed what you preached, but Judaism is the real religion. You see, in our religion, if you find something, it's a special law that if it has anything about it, that has any type of change that you could find the owner, you have to find the owner. You have to return it. It's not finders keepers. And he walked out, and he went there to throw, and he became from, and I think he's a Rebbe today in some yeshiva, and he told over the story that to teach us one minute of Gemara, 
One minute, Elon Tishalai, he hated it. He walked out. One minute, he happened to have walked in when they're talking about finding something with a simon. Hashem runs the world. One minute of Gemara and his friend taking him to shul, spending that extra 50 minutes, turned the guy who's going to become a, a guy into a, into a rabbi. One minute of Gemara. If he would have walked into sight there, it wouldn't have helped him. You know what I'm saying? We would have walked into Gittin and wouldn't have helped him. That one minute, his friend saved his life. Come listen to one line of Gemara. One line of Gemara. Years later, he was the man. He was number two to this guru. He was the man. He was the second to the head of the cult. He realized, Gemara, I saw signs in Jewish war. Found, 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 found. So that, that's what, one second. So he says over here, that a person who's mighty aved of Eino Machwiz, Person who finds something and doesn't call it out and doesn't return it, he'll never be able to do tshuva. This is a scary one, you're Zion. 17, which is Gematria Toiv. A person whose children are off the derech, and he doesn't give them musr. He doesn't criticize them. He doesn't um, rebuke them is the word. He doesn't rebuke his kids. He'll never get a chance to do tshuva. Haparish Atum and a person who separates himself from the public. A person who who um, becomes happy. Um, he attains honor through through his friends being disgraced. So he sort of on his shoulders. Chayshu b'kshirim, person who chayshu b'kshirim. He's uh, he um, he has suspicions and, and they're really innocent. Hasayne techachais. A person who hates to be rebuked, he's not going to do tshuva. Hamalik al a guy who makes fun of what rabbis say. Hamalik al mitzvah, the person who makes fun of mitzvahs. Omina chasidim, ridiculing the ways of the chasidim. Heilacha esra abam dvarim, you see it 24 things. Shadim tzachli adam, you have to be careful. And anyone who the yirei shemayim will make sure that he's not. Nikshal in all of this. And next week we'll go into, he goes into each one of them, he goes into Kaz and Tulashanar, he goes through each one of them, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does each one mean? So it's interesting, he, he touches the, the, the going to, um, going to someone's food, meal who doesn't have enough food is also a person who takes money from tzedakah and, and doesn't need that tzedakah. Okay, so anyway, what we need to get from this year, two, two very nice points. One point is that look at one moment of, 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 of listening to a shear. Look how it changed a person's life. That's, that's a huge story. Number two, and really the most important thing is that this, to, to hear the shayfer in the morning and just go out and continue, you know, I, I spoke today in, um, in Lakewood to the to the guys from Panama. So I was telling them that, you know, they're here, they're here for a week, they learn a whole, whatever, they hear all these speakers, whatever it is. I was telling them that, you know, we hear a lot of stuff, even Rabbi Wallace, he talks a lot, a lot of people have tapes, and we put them in the car, and we do all this. I said that that two years ago, I was coming home from Eretz Yisrael, and I, it was Matzah Yom Kippur, we go there for Yom Kippur, and we would just finish, we were just finished, sweated out, just finished screaming by the Kaisal by Ne'ilah, it's the most... It's the craziest Baruch Hashem I've had the schuss to be there all these years. 
you're in the holiest country in the world, Yerushalayim. I mean, uh, Eretz Yisrael. You're in the holiest city of that country, Yerushalayim. You're in the holiest place of that city. You're by the Kaisal. On the holiest day of the year, which is Yom Kippur, at the holiest time of the holiest day, which is Ne'ilah. Right? I mean, you just don't get a higher high than that. It's like the high. Right? And you're standing there at the end of Ne'ilah and you're screaming, Hashem Elohim, the top of your lungs. You're outside. Everybody's screaming. You, the place is shaking. Hashem Elohim, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, all the things that you say at the end of Ne'ilah, you're screaming. Mom is screaming, the blood coming out of your ears. I'm serious. Screaming, crying. It's a moment that's amazing. And we, we have this chevr that goes every year, and we're like, you're totally, it's there to troll, it's hot. And you have to go to the Kaisal Ne'ilah, we do him. I'm a Kayan, we do him. So you have to, you have to be at the end of Shemana Esrei Ne'ilah before Shkia. Because you have to do him before Shkia. So after I do him, it's right at Shkia, then you get away from Shkia to say, what do you do? So they say every animamim, right? Every single one of them, one by one, one by one by one. So it's like you, 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 it's the spiritual high of, it's not normal, okay? And we get on a plane, usually it's a day after Yom Kippur, but because of how Yom Kippur came out, like this year, because you're going to get back Friday morning, so you have to go, what's a Yom Kippur? So we're still schwitzed, we're, we're still Yom Kippur. Well, Mama, we're Yom Kippur. LL, business class, right? I'm dead, I'm wiped out, I sleep like an animal. I'm out. My friend doesn't sleep on planes. Struggles. Okay? Alright. It's an 11 and a half hour flight. We land in New York. We're getting off the plane. He's like, I did not sleep at all. He says, Zachariah, I watched every movie that they had. I said, what? He said, I watched every movie that they had. Two, three hours ago. What do you mean you watch? And they have movies on the plays that are not exactly. What? What is? What should have I done? I, I couldn't sleep. Am I? I, would, I have fifteen foreign tapes. Are you crazy? You, you just what's a you kipper? You watched every movie. You you left the Kaiso and you came to on a plane and you watched every movie. And the answer is that that you, it has to become part of you. So when they blow the show for tomorrow morning, they say the dub and you walk out and you watch the same movies with the same iPhone, with the same girls, the same garbage, with the same music, with the same everything. So she did exactly what he did. Why are we blowing the show for? To tell you that today is not like a week ago. Because a week ago we didn't blow the show for. So today is not like a week ago. And we're saying the dub in, right? Because today is not like a week ago. And you're gonna get, hey Zach, I watched every movie. So if your life didn't change, then you're not using L. You missed the boat. So when they blow the shifer, you have to say, okay, so today, I was going to do this and that. One thing I'm not going to do because I heard the shifer, and the shifer's supposed to wake me up. But if you do the same thing that you always do, the shifer's not waking you up. So this whole chuba picture, this whole thing that Hashem gives us in L, you got to start now. Because really, otherwise, you're saying to Hashem, hey, I know I did something wrong, but I don't care enough to fix it or to erase it. It's a double insult. So maybe all be zaycha Hashem that Rabbi Wallstein first of all starts to share at ten thirty next week, not at eleven fifteen. We should all be zaycha for that, and we should all be zaycha that Hakadosh Baruch should be makabel shuba shalema.
from the cult, from the whole Klai Yisrael, and we should talk about, see the base on Migdash, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.